that's the thing that's been transformational for me was thinking of love in in that way and now it's what i'm looking for it's what i'm trying to do for everybody romantic or not you know i'm i'm trying to give love without you know obligations back to me and and if i get anything back from it great it turns into this wonderful feedback loop that we that we you know that we talk about sometimes Libby and I but if if not then please just enjoy it and you know don't don't let don't let the fact that I've done it spoil it welcome to normalizing non-monogamy the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy. Well, welcome to episode 286. We're Finn and Emma, and today we have an interview with Libby and Tom. Before we jump into that interview, though, we have an announcement, yeah, a Emma. celebration. It's more of a celebration. Than it is. It's an acknowledgement of a big milestone for us. Yeah. May 2nd, 2018 was our very first episode. I know we're we're not at the exact day. Why one day? We're one day off from our five-year anniversary. Yeah, well, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, podcast anniversary. That's right. <laughs> we just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody. For, for one, anybody who's ever come on the podcast and still listens, we've interviewed over 400 of you. Yeah. And we are kind of blown away by that. We never thought that would happen. So that means 400 of you reached out to us and asked to come on this podcast. <laughs> or we convinced some of you. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Especially at the beginning. <laughs> 400 of you agreed to come on our podcast and share your story. So a yeah. huge thank you to all of you for doing that. Yeah, we're so blown away. You know, back when we started this podcast five years ago, we had no idea what would happen. Like we didn't know what it would become. We just knew that there was an idea and we were excited about it. And so we decided why not. And here we are five years later and we've interviewed over 400 people and we have a community and so much more. Yeah. Just a few things on the community I wanted to wanted to maybe mention. Uh, some analytics. Also, premium subscribers. We we know we don't usually give you a whole lot up here. Just bear with us or skip ahead. But we're just gonna we're gonna celebrate with you for a moment because you're actually part of our success because you help support us financially. And also, many of you are part of our communities yeah. because you get this. You get the premium subscription as part of the community. And five years is a big deal. That's like right. weekly podcast for five years. That's I, right. We gotta celebrate that. And and while we're while we're patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> We've never missed a week. I know. And I have to say that uh, it takes both of us to do this podcast for sure. But I just have to say that like it, I- It takes one of us with severe anxiety and OCD to make it happen every single week. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I wasn't going to put it in that way. You don't have to. <laughs> but I have to give you credit for uh, letting us like not miss an episode. Like I, Although there have been times where it's been like Tuesday night at 11 p.m. and we haven't finished it yet. And I'm like, damn it, we're going to do it. That's happened a couple times. So- more than a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, you definitely kept us on track, but there's been we. It's been it, a joint effort. It takes both of us. So. <laughs> Congratulations, Emma. Congratulations. All right. So back to the community. Just a couple of statistics that we thought were pretty exciting, and we just checked them a few minutes ago. We've got 
over 200 members in our new platform, Mighty Networks is the name of the platform. We have 220 members and we have over 180 monthly active members. And we have almost 100 of those members are active daily. And I just think that's pretty amazing that for, for a small enough community as it is to have almost 100 members in there every day, interacting with one another, sharing love, support, maybe a couple of spicy photos here and there. We're just kind of blown away by that. And, all of it. and so a huge thank you to all of you who've been a part of that community since the beginning and those of you who are joining and helping support our work, but also more than that, supporting one another. Yeah, it's been incredible. We also wanted to share a few other things that we've introduced over the last few years that are have been really exciting and added to this whole adventure of the podcast, for sure. Uh, one is virtual meet and greets. We do these every month. We started a few years ago, and we have between 30 and 50 people join us on a monthly basis to hang out for a few hours, and we love them. They're so much fun. Uh, we've also done 10 in-person meet and greets, which is pretty amazing, uh, all over the U.S. and even one in Canada. That was part of two, actually three road trips. Yes, we did three road trips around the U.S. What are we thinking? <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, I'm, it was amazing. And I think just getting out and meeting people from all over the world is is one of our favorites. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to maybe throw in here was we did our very first in-person, or actually one of our very first workshops. Ever, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of weeks ago at Southwest Love Fest, and we had almost 60 people in the room, and that was so much fun. So we're just... We're just figuring it out as we go. If you've been listening to episodes recently, you've heard us talk a lot, a lot about Southwest Love Fest. It was amazing. We had a lot of fun. And yeah, as Finn said, we felt like the room was pretty full and we got a lot of positive feedback from the workshop. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was amazing. And so the other thing we have done is we've done Focus Fridays. We've introduced some topic-based interviews instead of story-based ones. Yeah, we've done two seasons of 10 episodes each, which is pretty amazing. And if you want to learn more about the community and also some of our like intentions and motivations for the podcast, for the community, you can go and listen to two Focus Friday episodes. Uh, the first one is Focus Friday 2.8 and the second one's 2.9. Yeah. Links are in the show notes. Links will be in the show notes. And now... Thank you, Livy and Tom, for waiting for the last few minutes while we tooted our own horns and tooted all of the horns of the community and people who have come on and shared and supported. Yeah, five years is a pretty, pretty powerful milestone, I just have to say. And it would not have been possible without all of you. Like, Finn and I are just two people, and this community podcast interviews meet and greets, all of it would not be possible without all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, actually, maybe this is a great transition. One of those people who has been instrumental in supporting us actually has been Libby. Yes. Libby is the host and creator of the podcast Making Polyamory Work. And her and I have been working side by side and, and Emma has been a part of that as well, but, but a closer sort of working relationship with Libby and myself for the last couple of years. And so a huge shout out to her as well. Yeah, she actually came on episode 98 and Focus Fridays episode 1.9. So and, you can go back and listen to those. And, and episode 284 just a couple of weeks ago. Two with, weeks ago. Yeah, with Libby, uh, well, with Libby, of course, and with Drew and Kira, her two other partners. Mm -hmm. But today we're here to talk about Libby and Tom. That's what we've been trying to say for the last seven minutes. <laughs> Thank you for your patience, <laughs> Libby and Tom. Uh, they have been together for six years and they're we're long. We're going to catch them. We're going to catch them. We, what it's impossible. <laughs> I was joking. Okay, carry on. 
They're currently in a long distance relationship, but it wasn't always that way. So we dive into so much in this interview. It's incredible. It is. It's amazing. I I love this conversation. And I I found myself relating very strongly to Tom. And I just, I wanted to say that up front because as I was listening, I was like, yep. Oh, I know what's coming. Well, I'm partly because I interviewed them. But <laughs> even during the interview, I was like, I know what this guy's going to say. And then he would say it. And then I would be like, yep, I can relate. And so- well, I, I- I also want to just like give Tom a lot of uh, gratitude for coming on because, you know, Libby has her own podcast and shares a lot, which is amazing, by the way, Libby. But Tom, thank you for your vulnerability and sharing everything you did as well. Yeah. And and I can understand being a little bit nervous. For one, Tom got to sit and listen to the other interview we did with Libby, Kieran, Drew for like an hour and a half. He was sitting in the background probably being like, oh, God, I'm next. Oh, God, I'm next. <laughs> So, so thank you, Tom. And thank you, Libby. And um, we can't wait to get this conversation out there. And we just appreciate you both. For anyone who's a premium subscriber, we're jumping into the interview right now. And for the rest of you, we just have literally like one minute of things we wanted to say. Yeah, you've heard us mention the premium subscription, which you can find on the homepage. Just scroll down a little bit of our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You can also find information about the community that we've talked about uh, on the community tab of our website. And sign up for our next virtual meet and greet, which is going to be on May 24th under the events tab. Next up, we wanted to last up, mm-hmm. last up, that's the important thing, stdcheck.com, which is our favorite way to get tested for STIs. It is an affiliate partner of ours. So if you use the links in our resources page or on the podcast show notes, it does help support the show financially. And we're internally grateful to you for that. But even more so, you save $10, which brings the cost of a 10-panel test down to $129. And then you get to roll out into the world, and you get to meet all sorts of amazing people. And within like 24 to 48 hours of taking the test, you can show them your results right there on your phone, and you can get busy doing whatever you want to do. It could be board games. It could be other games. (laughs) You You never know. You could go back and listen to last week's episode with... Elizabeth, and you could make your own lube slip and slide on your back. <laughs> yes. But but only once you've been informed about your STI status. Right. It's super important. All right. Back to the whole point. Go to the, our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. You click on the Reese's, Reese's tab. Oh, man, that would be delicious. You click on the resources tab. We do not have a Reese's tab. <laughs> yet. You click on the resources tab and or any of the podcast show notes under the podcast tab. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for hanging in there with us with this intro, for celebrating five years with us. And let's go and talk to Libby and Tom. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Libby and Tom. We're so excited to dive in and have you join us today. Thank you for being here. Happy Valentine's Day again. Thank you. Happy for, Valentine's Day to you. For the astute listeners, that means we recorded two Valentine's interviews. Yes. <laughs> So, yay all of us. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for spending your Valentine's Day night with us. Exactly. I mean, we're happy to be here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. Th- it would be weird if you were like, this is the worst. <laughs> 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 so, maybe, do you mind both introducing yourselves at whatever level you're comfortable? And then maybe talk a little bit about what your relationship dynamic is. And then we'll figure out where we go from there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Libby. She, her. And um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I have a podcast, too. It's called Making Polyamory Work. I'm a relationship coach. 
I'm a mom. I'm queer. I'm in love with Tom. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm Tom. I, uh, I live in Maryland. I'm a father of four. I, uh, I'm an apprentice hairstylist and, um, and I'm in love with Libby. Um, yeah, I love it. How long have the two of you been together? Almost six years, almost six years. Yeah. That's awesome. Amazing. And what is sort of the, the relational ecosystem that you two live in as it stands today? And then, then we get to go back in time and figure out what happened six years ago, or maybe even before that to bring the two of you together. Mm. Well, uh, if you if you if you mapped out the states there, <laughs> you can you can sort of tell that uh, we're doing kind of a long distance thing at the moment. It wasn't always that way. We uh, we you know established a really strong connection when I was living in Washington D.C. and married, and uh, Libby was living in um, in Silver Spring. Well, right now you are not married. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're almost you're almost not married. Yeah. yeah. You live in live in a, a home where you have your kids part time. That's right. Uh, I live in Atlanta, and I live full time with two partners and my two kids. Mm-hmm. And what it looks like for us is, I mean, we're pretty involved in each other's lives in the ways that we can. Mm-hmm. So we we know a lot about our families. We were potted together during the pandemic, so my kids are close with Tom's kids. And we still vacation together. We spend at least a week, sometimes more, um, at a beach house every summer. And we've done that for years. We have spent holidays together. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to spend part of the Christmas holiday this year, but um, I got COVID. And so we weren't able to travel to DC for Christmas. But we did spend New Year's Eve together. Our Mm -hmm. whole, like Drew and I and the kids, Kier couldn't go because Kier had other family obligations. But Drew and I and the kids and Tom and his co-parent and uh, her partner and their kids were all at Great Wolf Lodge together. And we spent New Year's Eve together. And that was really special. And I feel like we, even though we're long distance, we're kind of in an ongoing effort to keep the closeness that we have and the ways in which we're close. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I love it. Which is no small task, multiple states away with families, multiple partners, apprenticeships, Mm -hmm. jobs, and just life. It's uh, not complicated at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not one bit. But whose life is not not complicated, right? Everyone's life's complicated in some different way. For sure. For sure. So so maybe backing up, where did where did non-monogamy come into life for each of you? And and maybe maybe Libby, we we start with your side and then we'll do maybe Tom's side where where non-monogamy came into your world for me it was it i never really wanted to live a conventional life and uh, i was looking for all the ways that i could figure out how to live in a way that felt authentic to me and then i met someone uh, who became my you know partner co-parent that's spouse etc um who like wanted to do that too and uh i would say from there like everything else that has come after that has unfurled from that, from that point of like feeling like I was able to create an unconventional way of living, you know, and 
polyamory was part of it, but like, it wasn't the only part of it, um, for me or not. I, I mean, not, and not just polyamory, I guess, but like, you know, all the flavors of relating outside of what the very kind of narrow box and boxes in which we are invited to categorize our relations. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, ex- I'm so happy about what it's blossomed into kind of beyond my expectations. I love it. And that was a handful of years before you met Tom, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. Tom and I met in 2017, 2017, 2017. Yeah. And, um, at that point, yeah, I'd been, I'd had, I'd had two kids at that point and many, uh, you know, many iterations of non-monogamy at that point had been practiced by me and, and not just with the, like, not just with Drew, but like with, you know, I had, I had had other experiences before him even. So yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah. Uh, so I, I was married for over a decade, uh, monogamously and, uh, and my, and we, we opened up the marriage, um, and, uh, and, and Libby was, was my first polyamorous girlfriend, actually <laughs> my first polyamorous partner, <laughs> you, you know, when we say it back to back like that, you really get this, uh, this, uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> this, this, this X kind of a graph, you know, <laughs> yeah. came from, came from two very different places and, but crisscross. Yeah. 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 Kind of a thing. So, so in your, um, so you had just opened up your uh, yeah. marriage at the yeah. time and, and just starting to explore that when you met Libby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, what to talk about from here. Um, well, and maybe just to like respect, respecting your, your former wife, your, your co-parent and her yeah. privacy, but like, would, would you be able to talk a little bit about the inspiration, the catalyst for opening up? Even just like super high, yeah, maybe your motivation for it, Tom. That's, I mean, that's perfectly. So cool. I don't know if any of this is going to, this might all be stuff that I say, please keep this out. Um, if, if that's okay. Then totally I'll just, fine. Okay. Yeah. I was, we, we were foster parents. That was really hard. And, oh no, some of that is actually good stuff. We were foster parents. And, um, one of the things that you have to learn as a foster parent is you have to learn how to guide the kids that you're fostering in this really complicated and challenging dynamic where they still love the family that they came from and they sort of grow to love you because they're in your care for that time. Um, that was sort of the soup that I was swimming in at the time. I was thinking about all those things or whatever, sort of on the other side of it was that, you know, there were now four of them. There were now four kids and I didn't do a great job of finding a lot of spaces for myself and a lot of um, good, good social networks that were really mine. And I started to feel sort of isolated and depressed. And, and um, you know, I didn't, didn't really even know that that was all happening, but we started going to couples therapy and it, and, you know, uh, opening up the marriage was, suggested in couples therapy, you know, uh, I, I don't remember whether it was by the therapist or whether it was, um, uh, my, my, my co-parent, uh, it wasn't me, <laughs> but, 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 you know, um, so that was suggested. We sort of cross-referenced it with all of the 
you know, the, the foster parenting attitudes that I sort of just mentioned and we're like, well, this makes intellectual sense. And yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how much of that I want to keep, but <laughs> I think, yeah, I, it, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, and, and maybe just in that same vein, is that you kind of threw in there? Like, well, it wasn't me who brought it up. How, how did it land on you personally? The the idea of cracking open a decade ish. Yeah. So I, I, sorry. I, <laughs> I, I guess I was just jumping off the edge of answering that question. Um, uh, I didn't know what to do with it for about two years. Uh, I hadn't, you know, we, we started dating in college. I hadn't really, you know, dated much in high school before that. So I didn't, I didn't really even know what to do with it. Um, but just, just, just the fact that she was willing to um, let let me um, go out and explore my own stuff was something that I found really comforting and really rejuvenating to um, you know my my ability to feel seen and valued in that relationship, and so I just sort of held on to that for you know two years, and I would you know sometimes go to concerts and bars or whatever, sort of with the knowledge that if something happened, that it would be okay. But I didn't know how to, you know, really do anything with that. So, you know, you know, I remember feeling that way too. Yeah. Actually, there was a period of time where Drew and I had come to this agreement that being open was totally great and okay. But there was definitely a period of time where I wasn't doing anything about that. Not because I wasn't interested, but just because like, it takes time to kind of mm-hmm. find your way. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to like a dance event, like a swing dancing event in New York city and being like, Oh my God, like I could just meet somebody and something could happen and it mm-hmm. would be fine. Yeah. And, um, and I remember when it finally happened, how cool it was. Um, and also how weird and un- uncomfortable and uh, it felt cause like I'd had non-monogamous experiences, but never in this context of this committed mm-hmm. relationship at the same time. So I can really relate to what you're saying there. Mm-hmm. Well, and, the, and then maybe the next question is for both of you, which is what, so Tom, you talked about feeling the isolation. What did, what did that, even just in that two year period where you maybe didn't have a quote unquote other partner, but you were, you were broken out of the box and I, you both kind of broke out of that box. What did, what did that do for you? sort of on an emotional level for your, your mental health, all of the things that you were sort of battling up to that point. Well, like I say, it it was, it was rejuvenating, you know, um, it didn't Mm -hmm. solve, you know, the problems that, that I was having really, but it sort of gave me a little bit of, um, gave me a little bit of extra, uh, energy and comfort to sort of keep, you know, just keep, um, keep being in the spirit of things and keep making things work and, you know, all that stuff. Working hard, raising four kids. Yeah. 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 And you neglect to mention the part where you were at the time, a stay at home dad. I was a stay at home dad at the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, other, I, other things that I, I mean, I, I was, <sighs> like I, I, I was sort of, trying to, you know, sort of see that connections needed to be made, but I didn't really know. I didn't really know what, what I didn't really even know that I was depressed and feeling isolated. I, that's, that's sort of uh, me looking back at who that guy was, you know? So, yeah. yeah. 
sometimes it's hard to notice it yeah. in the moment. Like it's you just you, looking back at hindsight, yeah. you can you can tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm curious the same sort of for you, Libby. The 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 moment at the swing dance party or the swing dance, it's not necessarily a party maybe it was a party who knows swing dance event yeah. the sort of the epiphany of like holy cow i could just meet somebody here i felt free i felt alive there was an aliveness that i felt and you know what was funny though was that there was a i remember distinctly there was a period of time where i was like eh, it's still got to be really good you know, for me to like put in the energy and the time and the effort, but I, but the aliveness was really nice, you know, of just, you know, I didn't feel like I had to be on guard against some mm-hmm. intrusion that I, you know, that would be any kind of betrayal. Instead it was, I had to be, uh, and of course, again, for me, because I was never really interested in being monogamous, like I can be monogamous and I was willing to be monogamous with other partners that I'd been with, but like, I was doing it for them. (laughs) You know, I wasn't doing it for me. Mm -hmm. And so to feel like I didn't have to like protect myself from something that didn't even feel right to me to begin with was just really like, it felt really, um, free to just, to just be able to be in what felt right to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. The, just the, the openness to whatever comes your way Mm -hmm. and you, you get to set your own standards and you're not, yeah, you're not playing defense unless you want to play defense, but you're not doing it on behalf of uh, a structure, an entity. Yeah. Although, although I'll also add to that though, there was another thing that that definitely happened for me, kind of repeatedly as a as a person who is a woman, um, which is like there would be this. I would I would be protective of who I would let know. Because, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. having a partner would be like a protection against unwanted advances from people. Mm -hmm. And so like, is this funny thing of like, there'd be times when I would, you know, I would, I would feel free to flirt or feel free to like, you know, be, be more open and like blur lines and things like that, um, which was really joyful. And then there'd be other times where I'd be like, I do not want this person to know that me and that, cause they know I have a partner. I don't want them to know that they're cool with, um, me being with other people because I don't want them to, to hit on me and think that I'm available for like easy sexual connection or whatever. I like, and so it was this, mm-hmm. you know, it was this weird kind of double thing that was going on for sure. Mm-hmm. You're nodding. I'm curious what the, you know, if you, if you can identify with that feeling. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, with such a large family, I, I had so many people that I can, either hide behind, you know, if I, (laughs) if I, if I really wanted to get out of a situation, Oh, I got to go put my kids to bed, you know, (laughs) kind of thing. Um, you know, so yeah. (laughs) But I think what's, what's, what comes in there often too, is the, something that probably as cis men, we experience less, which is the idea of, Oh, you're in an open relationship. Well, that's an easy opportunity for some sex, right? Like, because you're open, you're just, you know, you're out there hooking up with anybody and everybody. Mm. And that's not necessarily the, the case. Is it the case sometimes? It is the case sometimes, but it's not for everybody. And and I can see why you don't want to just be like lumped in there just because of, of a label of, of how you move through the world relationally. Well, and I imagine for cis men too, though, like there's this, if you're in a non-monogamous uh, configuration, you want to make sure that you're able to 
have that be expressed or not expressed. You don't want to seem like a creep. Like I imagine that's a big thing for like, like around that. And I just imagine like when, and I guess I'm curious, you know, for you, Tom, when you were like trying to do the calculus of how do I even do this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I wonder if the, how do I do this without being a creep was one of the things that was Mm -hmm. like a big thing for you. Oh yeah. It meant that I never had any conversations with anybody about anything. It was, (laughs) it was basically basically like, you know, we, we can, we can do the wordless stuff. So if I start dancing with somebody or whatever, you know, like that, that would be, that that would be okay. You know, but once it comes to conversation, all that I would in that, in that moment in my life, all I would ever talk about would be my kids and my family. So I knew, (laughs) no, that was the only thing that I, you know, it, it was like second (laughs) <laughs> conversation point. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's such a great point because yeah, the 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 other side of that, the the cis woman coin being like this loose woman looking for sex is the cis man is just he's well for one probably lying right he's not actually in an open marriage <laughs> right that's, that's the thing yeah 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 I, I i i got i got that a few times uh when i started mm-hmm. on the dating sites of just being called a liar you know <laughs> and yep. you know and i'm just like um okay <laughs> yeah and what's the defense yeah. against that right yeah here, here have a video chat with my wife well, like, and, yeah and, and when, the, I, when i wouldn't and the person who married us when, when i when i yeah. when i would say i she doesn't really want to do that then that's when <laughs> right <laughs> yep right. yeah for sure and, and and i think it maybe plays into then the next piece about did you have a vision tom of after the sort of the two-year mm-hmm. like we'll call it the break-in period of you're trying to find your way did you have sort of a vision of what your utopia would be going down this path no 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 i um um my my you know my wife found somebody and i was like well this feels terrible. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, uh, so, so, but this is what I signed up for, you know, like I can't, I can't, you know, I, it, it doesn't fit with my values for me to be allowed to do this and for her to not be allowed to do this. She said that I'm allowed to do this. And so here she is doing it. So that means I, I really got to get serious. Um, you know, and I can look back with compassion on that person and, and admit that, you know, for the sake of my self-esteem, you know, that I, that I really had Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, actually reach out. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, I started reading the articles and I started, you know, uh, like Googling, like, Hey, where do I find people that I can, that, that are not going to run away screaming if the second sentence is about my kids and my wife and, you know, uh, and so, and, uh, and from then on, because that was how I got into it, I didn't get into it from this place of, oh, I've got this vision of this utopia that I'm trying to get to. I came into it with this, um, uh, attitude of, okay, so now I'm here. So how do people act here? And so how am I supposed to act now that I'm here too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, almost under duress yeah. in a way. Of like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to slow play this. Oh, shit. My timeline just got yeah, sped up yeah. and now I've got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> yeah. The, the vulnerability well, around it. Yeah. Well, it leads me to my next question of like, kind of how did you two meet and how did your relationship start and what did that look like? Do you want to 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I actually love this story. Uh, <laughs> um, so found somebody on OkCupid. We dated a couple of times. Uh, she didn't want to continue dating me, but she thought that I was a decent enough, cool enough guy to uh, introduce me to, to people because she, you know, knew people in the community or whatever, the local community around there. Uh, and she, in fact, was part of a, a friend group of polyamorous parents in that neighborhood who regularly had, you know, meetups with their kids. Um, and uh, so she invited me to that. Um, and Libby was in that, um, was one of those parents. Uh, and, and Drew, Libby and Drew were, were, were some of those parents. And um, I looked at you across uh someone else's kitchen yeah and i just from i i remember i still remember i remember what you you weren't wearing your glasses which i remember i remember because i could see your eyes and your eyes were (laughs) so beautiful and expressive and yeah i just i was like wow who's that (laughs) was kind of what happened on my end yeah was wow who's that um that's me. That's what happened on my end. That's how I met him was, uh, yeah, there was this new couple at the, this, you know, cause I'd been going to this play date thing every Sunday with this group of friends. And, um, it usually what there usually weren't new people there. Um, but I did know mm-hmm. that, um, y'all had been invited mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I remember talking to your wife and I remember meeting your kids and I had mine were very little at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my youngest was just a little, a little bit, was not quite two. And what did, what did you think when you met me? Yeah. So she, she came late. That's true. <laughs> she, uh, and this was my first, you know, this was, you know, I just told you what my stance was, was that I was trying so hard to fit in to, to, you know, like figure out what the rules were and just abide by them. And so I was here, I was at this social interaction, which was, you know, which I don't usually do so well at. And I came to this one and, you know, gosh, <laughs> you know, we got, got with all the kids, you know, we were all getting, we were all getting psyched up in the car. I was getting psyched up in the car. They were doing what they always do in the car, which was rapping along to Hamilton. But I was like rapping along to Hamilton, getting myself psyched up for this thing. And, um, and so got through the, was doing the whole thing and I was feeling like it was going really well. I was feeling like, you know, I was feeling like more social than I usually am and, and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then, and then Libby and Drew come in a little bit late. And I think, I think Libby spent most of the time sort of in another room, uh, with, with her little kids. And when I was on my way out the door, um, Libby comes in and sort of somebody says, Oh, and Hey Tom, this is Libby. She's a stay at home parent too. And Libby, I remember you were wearing a, a black leather jacket. I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so I had this, I, I saw you and, and you sort of said that and I was like on my way out the door. And so I was like, hi. <laughs> and, and, and I was, you know, and I was like, Successful social interaction. Hooray for, <laughs> <laughs> hooray for how that went. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Is that, is that okay? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and you know, then you came to like a couple more of those. Uh-huh. And I remember that the, one of the ones you showed up at, I, I mean, I, I was, you know, I was looking for some more people to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I was looking for in particular, um, people who wanted to hang out with me and my kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the tricky things about that parent group, one of many was, um, that I really did have some of the youngest kids there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I was one of the few stay at home parents there. And so like finding people who wanted to like hang out with me and my kids who had that time available was, was, um, something because like the evenings I was usually exhausted and like not really wanting to do a lot. Um, so I remember saying, Hey, like, let's like, do you want to, cause your kids were still like in preschool, mm-hmm. the younger ones yeah. were still in preschool and not even in preschool full time. So sometimes you were just home with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, do you want to bring your kids over to my house mm-hmm. and like have our kids play with each other and we'll hang out and chat as parents. Like that was like my dream was mm-hmm. to have like that. And, um, so yeah, the beautiful, the beautiful eyes were a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that he was very, I, I found him very attractive. Um, like, yeah, no, that was a bonus. Um, so yeah, it took us a little while to finally set that up. Like yeah. we had to kind of do a lot of back and forth and texting and stuff to find a time where nap schedules and <laughs> there was that and and, and, and weren't you job searching at the time too oh I, well that was happening yeah 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 that was happening too yeah, yeah yeah so so yeah so so it took a while to set up but then we finally uh did set one up <laughs> and and we played it we played it just like we played it just like we were two regular people you know or whatever and then as i'm putting on my shoes on the way out the door and you know our, our parents <laughs> You know, we were just parenting. We were just, you know, that's it, all we were doing and, and sort of, and sort of like talking about stuff and things, you know, all, all you know, whatever. Uh, but, uh, and then on my way out the door, I don't know how the topic of OkCupid came up, mm-hmm. but the topic of OkCupid came up and I said, yeah, you know, I think I saw, I think I saw your profile. She didn't have her face in her, in her profile back then. Um, but, uh, but you know, the way, the way that person described themselves, it, it, oh, maybe I went ahead and asked, maybe I, do you have an okay Cupid profile? And is it this name or something like that? Or like, maybe I was curious or something like that, just putting two and two together. And, uh, and, and she was like, yeah, it's, it, you know, um, yes. Uh, and I go, oh yeah, I think, I, I think I saw you, I think I saw you on okay Cupid. you know, just the way that person describes themselves here, you know, it, it, it it, uh, it's all, you know, it, it sounds like you. So, and you know, she kind of looks like you and everything like that. So, you know, that's, that's cool to put that together. And she goes, so did you like the profile? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> and then yeah, sort of game on, like then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden we knew what the game was a little bit, or at least Libby knew what the game was a little bit more. I'm not sure that I knew what the game was even yet. I don't know. I mean, I think the next thing that happened after that was I invited you to a party. You invited me to two parties in the same night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, um, I remember this was actually really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, was, uh, I think it was 
very much more evident to his wife than it was to me or to him Mm -hmm. that we were into each other. Mm -hmm. And so she was like being like, touch her hand, do this. I mean, she was like really trying to be the, be the wing wife role, you Mm -hmm. know, with him. And, um, you know, he didn't really, I think he would have figured it out. Yeah. Uh, I think he would have figured it out. Um, but it was, but but like me, but I was able to observe that. I actually, she wasn't very subtle. I figured I was like, (laughs) and so I was like, you know, I went out, I remember that at the party, I went and sat out on the front porch. Um, and there was this hammock on the front porch of this house, uh, like kind of a classic DC row house with a little front porch kind of thing. And, and he came out there and sat with me and I just was like, so I hate first kisses so much, actually. Like I really hate them. And it's because I hate the conventional, like waiting for it or going for it. I think that's icky and horrible. And, you know, fortunately I had been so like at that point, very steeped in sort of a consent culture mindset. And so I was like, well, I don't have to do this thing. Although it had been a while since I'd actually had a first kiss. And so I, I just turned to him and I go, you can kiss me if you want to. Yeah. And that, that did it. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, that was your that was your opportunity to say, but do you want me to, oh. <laughs> to, to play to play her back the OK Cupid move she, she laid on you? I, I think what happened worked fine. <laughs> <laughs> fine, fine. Don't take my advice. <laughs> if you had only been huh. there, Finn. Mm. I know. I know. I was. I was actually thinking throughout that story that Tom is sort of my spirit animal because that would have been exactly me. Like, well, anyway, cool, cool profile. Gonna head out now. What the hell? (laughs) Cool. Yeah, we both have the internet. That's amazing. Anyway, I'll see you on Monday. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So where where did things go from first kiss? I mean. I'll say it from my end. And I really want to hear Tom's version of this story, actually. (laughs) But my version of it is um, that the kiss was great. And everything, everything that happened between us from there was just outstanding and clicked and felt so good. And, um, was like mind blowing everything from there. Um, and in, in ways that I did not expect, could not have anticipated was completely unprepared for and, um, gobsmacked by that's how I would describe what happened from there. (laughs) Um, and, um, because, and, and it all, I mean, internally, all of that happened very quickly. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's a good thing you didn't take my advice. <laughs> 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 um, Can I tell a little story in here? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for, for what, what story to tell about this time period. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of stories to mm-hmm. tell about this time period. Cause the, 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 oh my, I mean, this would be what I would call the, oh my gosh, period. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, period. Because 
that's how I felt. And I think you felt like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 It was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh what? Like it was just like that over and over again. I don't know. I mean, a a story about that would be like, (laughs) uh, this is hard. Uh, I think a story about that would be like the way we were, because this was like one thing that's important to know is I was a stay at home mom, but as Tom pointed out, I was looking for a job. Mm -hmm. And very shortly after the, Oh my gosh, period began, I got a job. Mm -hmm. And that meant that I wasn't going to be my hours of availability were going to be quite different. And so there was this period of time Mm -hmm. where we were like, we have this kind of sweet daytime that we can access with each other where we have energy, Mm -hmm. where we can get childcare coverage, where we have privacy in our home because, uh, no one else is there, uh, where we can find, find out what is between us physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally, uh, all of the things. And, and so I think that like, I just feel like there was that during that period of time, we saw each other a lot Mm -hmm. and wanted a lot, wanted, wanted to be like with each other a lot and do a lot with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of that was because we knew that that time was going to end, um, that, that, that they, that the availability was going to change and who the heck knew what was going to happen after that. And some of it was just the, Oh my goshness of it all of, this is great. Uh, can I have more? (laughs) And, um, and for me, uh, like, is it okay if I talk about sex? Sure. (laughs) Well, I mean, because I mean, one thing that's important to know about, about me is that for me, like actually like my ability to connect sexually with other people is usually like really fraught and really tricky. And, um, it's, I mean, it's hilarious that I'm non-monogamous, extremely sex positive, extremely sex curious, extremely sex aware and capable of communicating really well about it. And then like my desire for it is like a frightened gazelle. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and it's very frustrating. Uh, but with Tom, it was just like, the way that I would describe it is like Emily Nagoski talks about, um, you have brakes and accelerators. And the thing is, I think I have a very good accelerator, but I just also have a lot of brakes. Like there's, it's so easy to put on my brakes and somehow with Tom, he just never hit my brakes. And like, I still, I've, I've spent prob I've probably spent six years trying to figure it out. Like what with the hell? <laughs> I still don't, I still don't totally, I still couldn't like, I mean, I could probably make you a list, but it wouldn't answer the question. Um, and so like, that was wild to me. Like that was wild. I've, I think, I think the next story that I want to tell about that time period is, is probably the, 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 the love that that's when, when love came into the picture. Um, if that's okay. <laughs> of course, of course. It's, it's, your, um, it's your story. So here, here I am, you know, first, first polyamorous partner, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff. What, what are, what are we a month in if that? Yeah. We met in March and yeah. Labyrinth day is April. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, just based on how our interactions were going, um, and based on what I had been reading and, and listening to and, and hearing about, you know, how people operate <laughs> in, in this community, 
and sort of reading, you know, Libby and the way we were interacting together and, and the way I was feeling and, and everything like that. Um, I could tell, I could tell before it happened that, that we were going to have to talk about love at some point pretty soon, you know, within a week of me figuring that that was going to happen. Yeah. Can I, can I, yeah. Libby, Libby sent me this, this article. It's, uh, the, the article is by Carsey Blanton, who is, uh, who is, uh, um, uh, she's a, she's a, she's a modern folk singer. She's fantastic. She, uh, she, her, her shows are great. Every shout out to Carsey Blanton. We love you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and so she wrote the article and she, she has a song that says pretty much the same thing that this article says, which is that, you know, in the article she was saying, um, Hey, look, um, so, you know, she, I, I forget the framing of it, but the thrust of the article was, Hey, look, I love you. Uh, I'm in love with you. It's no big deal. And it's, it's not a big deal. Like that, that happens to me a lot. I, I fall in love with a lot of people. It's, it's okay. It's no big deal. And furthermore, it doesn't carry any obligations for you. Like you don't, you don't have to do anything with that. My hope is that you'll just enjoy that. And it doesn't, you know, like it, it's not, you know, th- there's, there's nothing you have to do with that, except know that someone loves you and it's me. Um, and so that was what the article that she sent me was saying with the sort of, Hey, what do you think about this? Kind of a, <laughs> kind of a posture to it. Well, cause I wasn't dumb. I knew this was your first polyamorous yeah. relationship. I didn't know what would happen if I told you that I loved you. I didn't know if you thought, I didn't know if you would, my worst fear was that I would tell you that I loved you and you would be like a deer in headlights. Yeah. You're like, what, what do I do with this monumental yeah. thing you have told me now? Yeah. And I'm just, and I just didn't want to, ha- I did not want to do that. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and I was, uh, that, that, that was my internal reaction that I got to have by myself when I was just reading this article. My, my initial thought when I was by myself, just reading this article, uh, was, am I allowed to do this? Like, is this the kind of thing that I am allowed to do? Are we, are we, me and my wife, are we ready for this? You know, is this allowed? But then when we, when Libby and I got together to talk about it, to, to, to the next time we were going to see each other after me having read that article, you know, my initial thought that I expressed to her was, I love that. That's fantastic. That's, that's great. That was a really great article. It gave me a lot to think about and that's wonderful. And this might be a big deal. <laughs> Maybe might be a big deal. Um, and I, I, I go to that point because that's the thing that's been transformational for me was thinking of love in, in that way. And now it's what I'm looking for. It's what I'm trying to do for everybody, romantic or not. You know, I'm, I'm trying to give love without, you know, obligations back to me. And, and if I get anything back from it, great. It turns into this wonderful feedback loop that we, that we, you know, that we talk about sometimes Libby and I, um, but, um, but if, if not, then please just enjoy it. And, you know, don't, don't let, don't let the fact that I've done it spoil it, you know? So don't let the fact that I have expressed it and said it out loud, spoil it. I don't say it and express it out loud very often to people. I'm still very reserved in that kind of a way. I just kind of, that's sort of the way I behave is that I just sort of, you know, that's how I feel internally. And that's how I act with people. And that's what I'm thinking is, you know, 
that. So, so that's, so that's been the big, that's the, that's, that's the thing that makes me polyamorous is that, that thought right there. So. I love it. I love it. No, yeah. it's amazing. Thank you for the story yeah. and, and, and for all of that. <sighs> There's so many places we could go. Cause this was still like, this was like six years ago. This was all six right? years ago. Yeah. And so, one, one month, month, one month in. Six years ago. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and then we actually broke up. It was all, it was all so fast that we had to break up for about a month. Yeah. Six weeks. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, because we 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 didn't talk for a month. Like this was all planned. Like like we. Well, no, it wasn't all. Well, I mean, with the, the not talking. Was the planned. not talking was planned as the kind thing to do. You know, if we if we were gonna break up from that level of intensity, like that was that was the only way for us to really. Um, Although that the, the way that actually happened is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, can can I tell that story? Sure, go for okay, it. Wait, can I tell this story? This is really funny. Of course. Uh-huh. So. I'll back up a little bit because we had to break up um, because it was so much so fast, so big, so fast. And we weren't trying, we weren't trying like uh, to, to be, we weren't trying to do anything, but I think it was just like, I think we both kind of found ourselves on this rocket ship and I was doing my best, but, um, and, and I, and you were doing your best and the other people on that rocket ship we're really struggling. And, uh, and we were struggling, I think, because it was, I think the feelings that we had and the things that we wanted from those feelings were bigger than what our capacity at that time could hold. And we didn't, and we were building the plane as we were flying it. And so we didn't have a structure to hold or protect what we were feeling and creating between us. And, uh, and I was just seeing that really clearly. And I was like, this is just going to fall apart spectacularly and painfully. And I don't want that. I don't want this to destroy my relationship. I don't want this to destroy my health. I don't, it was already destroying my sleep. I was already having a lot of trouble eating. I mean, it was like, I was like, you know, I was like a Shakespearean tragedy, um, (laughs) in terms of like, like lovesick was the thing that I was. And, um, and there was just a lot of like, because you're so in that, it was so intense. Every little thing was like, so amplified every little thing, um, that was going on in our ecosystem, in our shared ecosystem. And so I was like, I can't do this. Like, I cannot do this. I need to be there for my kids. I need to be there for the other people in my life. I can't be this ungrounded. And, um, and I didn't see where stability was going to come from. And so I, 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 I was the one who did the breaking up. I said, like, I love you and you're amazing and I can't do this. Which is a super hard thing to do, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried to do it in a way that like honored that I, it's not that I think he was a bad person or that he was doing anything wrong. It was just like, I, in fact, I loved him enough that I didn't want to, I didn't want to continue in what we were doing because I knew that it was going to hurt him. And so, um, and, and it, when I broke up with him, I did not have the expectation or the anticipation or the hope that we would get back together. The hope was like that I'd be able to get over it and find, like find some ground. The only thing actually that I was interested in at that point was like, I need to put my feet on the ground and I need to reorient myself and I need to take better care of myself. Um, and I like, yeah, so that's what happened there. And, um, but then like the funny part Mm. is, um, 
we both followed each other on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> she, she had, she had, uh, she had made me, she had made me, a a, a playlist. Uh, the playlist romance was, was oh my a God. Lot. It was oh a lot. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, had, she had made, suffice it to say, she had made me a playlist, uh, that, you know, made her think of me or whatever. And I, I, I was still in construction of one that I was meaning to send back. And it was like almost finished when we broke up. And so I just had to, I just had to rifle it off. Oh yeah. He, he sent, he sent me the playlist Yeah, <laughs> and I played it like that night that after we had broken up, like we sat, like we sat together in a park and had a really long conversation and he knew like, I, 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 yeah, I, I knew we were there and, and yeah. the, the breakup was like super caring and, and you know, it was, yeah. it was really good. But so then I'm sitting there listening to this, this playlist and I'm just sobbing on the floor of my bathroom, like just listening to this playlist, especially <laughs> he put, you are the prototype <laughs> as like the last song. Stank you smelly much. Oh my God. No, but that, but I mean, <laughs> so that, that just killed me. Um, and, um, yeah, so so, so we, so we continued to, we were still following each other on Spotify and we were both listening to very sad songs and we could both see that we were both listening to very sad songs. So we, we tried so hard not to have contact, but then we, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I mean, like we didn't have contact. I did not text him. Nope. I did not, I was, I did, I was very strict about it, but mm-hmm. I absolutely stalked him on Spotify mm-hmm. and I absolutely, same, same <laughs> and then I absolutely made a playlist. Yeah called oof and he absolutely listened to it because yeah. you can see people's playlists yeah. and uh and he made a playlist and i could see that one and i was so like i knew what breakup songs he was listening to and crying to and he knew what breakup songs i was listening to and crying to and then at a certain point i made a playlist that i knew he'd be able to see that was kind of like telegraphing mm-hmm. where i was at yeah. which was like i really miss you <laughs> We, 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 we might could try again. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I put, I put, I put, I put a couple of songs in there that was like, I really want to do over, but that was weeks later. Like that was weeks later. Yeah. We were, we were almost at the end of the mandatory separation period (laughs) that we we established for ourselves. That I recommend. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. And, but I mean, like, I want to say like those 30 days, ish that we did actually were really, were really important because like I did get grounded. Mm-hmm. Like I spent the time that I had been spending being obsessed about when we'd see each other next. I went to some dance classes and I hung out with some friends and I just went to bed on time and I cried a lot. I mean, there was also a lot of crying, but I also like did things to care for myself during that time. And that settled my nervous system enough that I was able to see more clearly why it wasn't working and what might be, if it, if we did it differently, how we might still be able to have the goodness of what we had together without the insanity of what was, you know, of the rocket ship flying off into the stratosphere while parts are flying off of it left and right, you know? And so I could start to see that being possible. And I was also just with the distance able to see, I need this person in my life. And I don't care if I, if I just get to have lunch with them every day and, or once a week, if I get to have lunch with them once a week and we never touch each other again, 
I still need this person in my life because, you know, the, Oh my God, wasn't just about the sex. The, Oh my God was also about like the tenderness that we had with each other and the ways in which Tom is such a positive, warm, caring, reflecting person who deeply understands me in better, in a kinder way than I understand myself. And I was like, I need that. Like, I need that. I need, I need this force of like good and joy and connection and understanding in my life because it's, it was the direction that I was leaning towards within my values as a person. So like there, you know, I, I just needed you. (laughs) And, and so, you know, I was able to say like, there were other things that like, you know, the hormones and the, you know, the intensity were saying that I did need that. I was like, I don't need that. I do need you. So let's figure out how you and I could be a thing. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of rebuilt the whole thing. From the, the, very from intentionally. We had, we had a series of hours long meetings trying to figure out how we could, how we could, what we could have and how we could have it. And a very lengthy Google document. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Google document with written agreements. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then there's no, there were no issues after that. <laughs> <laughs> like you solved the puzzle, you figured it out. <laughs> I, I almost feel like we set up perfectly for like parts two through like eight, <laughs> because I, because I think it's no, we don't we don't have to do all eight tonight, Tom. I see you looking no, at your I, watch. No, I, we I was wondering if you were thinking of throwing to other things because we've already yammered too much. <laughs> no, it's I think it's all so valuable, and I think that's one of the actually one of the hardest parts about what we do is there are parts of each person's story that you could talk about for five Mm -hmm. hours and still not really understand how complicated it is, how beautiful it is, how hard it is all at the same time and the emotions that went into it. And we often, we just, we glaze over some of these things because, because of what we're doing, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I don't, I don't want to lose the rebuilding because to go from a from a mandatory break through the Spotify re, <laughs> re like first of all I think that's amazing because that is that was not possible during the the, the world of mixtapes no, yeah. no. You, you you could not do such yeah. a thing or even CDs yeah and so I I love that and I just I don't know I don't want to lose how you two rebuilt this but maybe it is not a super long story and and. I don't know. You two know it. I don't know if that part's like the best part, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was, I mean, we said, we, we said intentions. There was a lot of stuff we were having to navigate and we just made plans for how we were going to navigate and honor the intentions. And it was, it was hard, you know, like it, it was hard, but you know, we both knew that the connection was there and that we didn't want to let it go. Um, and I guess like, we also really cared about it being situated in a way that was sustainable with our lives and our commitments and, um, and in being caring with, with the people who were part of that with us. I mean, I'll just speak for myself. Like, 
you know, it was really triggering to Drew when that happened. And, mm-hmm. um, and, 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 you know, Drew and I were in a pretty like steady place in our relationship. And it, so it wasn't like that, that, you know, there was anything that was like, you know, going poorly or anything like that. But I think it, you know, anything that just like, again, just takes off in such a big way, um, I think can be scary, you know, when you're like, when your partner, like who normally would go to bed at a reasonable hour is like staying up till two in the morning, texting somebody and you're like, what is going on with you? You know, like what is happening here? I don't know. And and like, you know, and, and things kind of developing in ways that might feel really fast and confusing and maybe out of character. And, you know, I can see how that can just be really destabilizing. And, um, like, even though I was not hiding anything and I was very upfront about what was happening and I was very upfront about how I was feeling and I communicated everything as I knew it, but sometimes I didn't know, you know, again, I was surprised by how, by some things that were happening too. And so, you know, I think like, you know, I needed to get to a place where I was able to slow that down enough that I could, that he could, you know, contextualize it and, and have some predictability around it and have room to navigate his feelings around it without feeling like, cause like, imagine like he's strapped into the rocket, right. But he's not getting the fun out of it. <laughs> he's just like, Shit, I didn't sign up for this. Just, and here I am on this rocket. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's, he's um, taped to the outside. To be just... terrified. Um, and yeah. uh, you know, so like giving him room to calm his nervous system without him saying this rocket has to be on the ground and it can't go anywhere. And I, because I I don't like it, you know. And so I mean, like uh, just an example of like one thing that we did that was stabilizing was to have consistent date nights, like that were, didn't have to be negotiated and renegotiated. It was just like, this is the time we're going to see each other. And this is protected time for us. And it's also protected from anybody having to wonder when it's going to happen or how, whether it's going to happen or how it's going to be negotiated or, you know, et cetera. And, um, I mean, it's, it's such a simple thing having a regularly scheduled date night. And obviously it's a kind of a commitment that you wouldn't necessarily do when you first start out dating somebody, but like having that was just like an example of something that was very stabilizing, but also protective of us. Like it was protective of us and it was also protective of our other relationships, you know? Yeah. Cause then it was predictable yeah. mm-hmm. and then people could prepare for yeah. it and then people could care for each other around it and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, the other thing it does too is it it establishes the two of you as an entity that are valuable enough to set that time aside and respect that time that that you mean enough to Tom, Tom means enough to you that that time is sacred each week. And can it change? Of course, yes, there's there's always possibilities, but that that, that time is really set aside for the two of you and I think it helps establish it as a valid relationship dynamic in a, in a world that wants to invalidate exactly what you're doing. Well, and Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of relationship that we were having, I remember what you guys said about it. Do you remember what you said about it? I don't I hope I hope it was good. (laughs) When, when y'all interviewed me about this, you said, Emma, what you said was that is my worst fear. Yeah. 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 That, that the worst fear was setting like a fixed no falling madly in love, regiment? falling madly in love. Ah. It's like 
my worst fear. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I should go back and listen to that now. <laughs> um, well, and like the thing is, because we couldn't fit it in this little box, right? It wasn't this like, oh, this is just my side piece. No, this is somebody who has like the entirety of my heart in a way that I have never had it before. And I think we both felt that about each other. Mm-hmm. And to be able to say you're allowed to have that. And it's not a betrayal to all the other things, all the other commitments that you have, all the other people you have made promises to, that it's not a betrayal to those people. In fact, I think there are plenty of people who would totally disagree with me about that. Which I think is why that structure is so important, right? That Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what anybody says, you know that that time is yours. (laughs) You're pointing at me because you want me to say something about this. Because well, you got Finn could ask you some questions. No, because because this this didn't work for me. You know, like like here here I was trying a lot of the same things, and then it just it just didn't work out. You know, um, so what what didn't I guess for you what didn't work about it, Tom? I can also see the flip side of the coin of why it doesn't feel good. So I, I, I'm curious. No, I mean, I, well, what Libby was just talking about is, is all the things that she did to, um, to, to, to preserve, to preserve her, her home relationship and, and her, her relationship with her co-parent and everything like that. And, um, and, you know, during the same time period, you know, I, 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 I accumulate, I guess I accumulated a lot of baggage that just was impossible to repair from, um, using a lot of the same methods, just, it just didn't work. Got it. And, and sometimes it goes that way. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Got it. um, okay. so the, so the same strategies that were working for yeah. her weren't, weren't working in the same way for you. Right. Yeah. 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 Got it. Yeah. Not necessarily between the two of you but in the greater ecosystem that you were. Yeah. I mean, you know, we did, we did our thing, you know, we, the pandemic sure was a challenge. Um, but, um, you know, we, 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 one of the things that I always found so impressive about Libby was, uh, was the ability to repair with her, you know, was, was the ability to, to have, you know, have something not go great and then be able to talk about it afterwards and be able to fold it in and, and like continue on because that was what we, you know, because, because just because one thing didn't feel good doesn't mean that, you know, it poisons the whole thing or whatever. Um, so that, that once, once we set intentions and once we were honest about the connection, you know, it, it, that's just sort of been there, whatever. Um, no, but you know, while, while she, while she was able, um, while she was able to, to maintain her marriage and, and her other partnerships, I, I was not, <laughs> um, though I was to a degree, you know, like obviously I'm, I'm still a father of four and everything like that. And, um, and the, and the divorce is going like really amicably and everything like that. And we've still got this really great co-parenting relationship, but you know, this, this, uh, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I thought I was getting into when in, you know, in that therapy session 
two years before I became polyamorous. <laughs> yeah. well, well, but hold on. Yeah. Can we, there's another way to tell that story. Yeah. There's a totally different way to tell that story. And this is, and this is, and this is why podcasts are hard for me is because there's a lot of stories in there that I feel like sound terrible, but didn't actually feel wrong from the inside. Well, and and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) I think that's, I think that's important. I think that's why, why it is good to, to have room to tell a little bit more about it because like you could tell the story. I kept my marriage and you didn't, (laughs) you know, like you can tell that story. Uh, or we could talk about why that was actually great. Um, well, I mean, it's true. I was just, I was just thinking, listening to, to cure talk, you know, when they described themselves, they described themselves as a, as a, as an outdoor cat who's been domesticated. <laughs> and, and when I was listening to that and reflecting on my story, I was feeling like, Oh, well then I guess I'm a house cat who's gone feral. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, no, well, but I mean, yeah. and, and I would think about the objections to what do you mean you've gone feral? You've still got a house and four kids and everything like that. <laughs> I feel like a house cat that's gone feral would set up like a home in an alley situate, <laughs> you know, with like a rotted out couch or whatever and something that looks like a TV. And you, you know. <laughs> anyway, it, it, it created a funny little cartoon in my head. It was good. Anyway. But I think, I think, I think the idea is spot that it, it set you free in a way it, it let you be you in a way that maybe you hadn't been able to. Be. When, when, when you asked me initially, you know, what my vision for the whole thing was. And I told you that, um, and I told you that I was just trying to fit in or whatever. Like I developed, I developed a vision. I developed a vision during, during that time period, during that relationship, you know, while I was trying to navigate things, I was, you know, using, using those feelings and using those philosophies and using those, you know, that, that all had their sort of, that all had their sort of center in that idea of, you know, of you're enough, you know, that, that you want someone to, to treat you like you're enough. And you want, you know, you want that, you know, those feelings from that, that vision of love turned, turned into a pretty fully fleshed vision. And now, and now I am in, now I'm in pursuit of that, you know, like now I, now I do feel like I have a vision that I'm not gonna, that I'm not compromising, you know? Um, so yeah, no. And, um, and I'm building towards it and I'm building towards what I want myself to be like, I'm building towards, you know, being on my own two feet and like figuring out what I am outside of the relationship, outside of the context of a fully enmeshed relationship that I, that I, that I ultimately found like I didn't have enough control over myself in. And now I'm building those things for myself. So, you know, I, 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 uh, I, 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 you know, I, I, hesi- I, I have a tough time figuring out how, how to tell that story without, feeling like I'm shitting on somebody <laughs> is all, but that's the truth. Like that's like, that's, that's what's going, that's what it looks like from inside it is that, is that, is that I am, I am very aware of how messy it looks on paper, but inside, like, that's what it feels like. It feels like clarity and it, fe- and it 
feels like freedom. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. From my perspective, I don't feel like you shit on anybody. No, I, <laughs> I think that was very much about you yeah. and the journey that you went on. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess there's a piece in here that's important, which is, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, mm -hmm. but I feel like this is important to say, which is when you're existing in a very particular context and you don't have any picture of any other way it could be, mm -hmm. there's no reason why you would question it, right? Like if you, if this is, if, if you see this is the way it is and this is the way it will be, and there's no picture of what it could be like, it can be very hard to stick up for a vision that you don't, you, you've never even had a glimpse of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't miss something you don't know exists. Yeah. 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 And, and, and now that doesn't bother me really, you know, um, now, now, you know, I'm living in my home in Hyattsville, you know, the, the, the partner that I'm dating, you know, my, 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 my person that I'm in love with lives states away and we see each other, you know, when we can, but I'm also building a whole career and I don't, I don't, I don't get many chances to meet and interact with people that love the way I do in my daily life. And I don't feel lonely. Like, I don't like, you know. I mean, I do sometimes, I suppose, but, <laughs> but, but I, but I, but I know what I'm doing, you know, I know what I'm doing and I know what the vision is and I know what I'm not going to do and I know what I'm looking for. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful, it's a beautiful story. It I, is. It is. And it's, it's powerful, Tom. And I, I hope. I hope you get to see that at some point, like how powerful that, I mean, that journey that you're going on is. I mean, I think, I think that I've been so blessed to be part of your journey into, I mean, I, this is my, one of a, a story that it's a very small story, but it's really cool is I remember sitting in your apartment after you've moved out and you were, um, you know, kind of creating this space for yourself. And this is kind of an interim space. And I don't even remember under what context it came up. Um, but you said, well, I'm amazing. <laughs> and, or no, it was, I'm exceptional. <laughs> and like, I've always known that about you ever since I met you, like the person that I encountered the very, the, the, oh my God stage, right? Like that was, oh my God, this person is so exceptional. And I'm so amazed that, I mean, like, it, it sounds like I was the one who was like, had it all together, but I was so insecure when we were first dating. I was like, why does this guy like me? He's so cool. He's so interesting. He's so smart. He's got so many connections. His family's so great. Like, I was just like, why does this guy like me? Like, I'm such a, cause I'm such a dweeb, you know, I really, I really, I really felt that. I mean, but you didn't feel that about you. No, I didn't. No. You said you you told me you thought you were basic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say I think the gift we gave each other because mm. you definitely gave it to me. I think I gave it to you too. Mm. Was you you gave me the gift of being able to see myself as wonderful and enough and ex with like exactly as I am. Like I always felt like I was too much. I always felt like I was annoying to people. Uh, I, I definitely like, 
I had a really hard time not loving myself, but believing that I was lovable exactly as I was. Mm. And you gave that to me because you did that with me, like with no effort. And I don't, I still don't get it. You know, I actually still don't get it, <laughs> man. And you want to talk about how we've seen each other grow. You know, that, that question that you asked a little while ago, you know, that got edited out by the way. The fact that I'm calling it back too, if you want, but, no, but, no, but, that's not how but it works. you know, but the thing that she just said to me is, is the thing that she says to me sometimes and to, to watch her sort of like, grow and blossom into that with this podcast and, and with this, with the, with her, um, with her relationship coaching and everything like that to, 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 to know, like, like you're a part of it. You're a big part of why I'm that I was able to do that actually. (laughs) Thank you for saying that. Um, but if, if I, if I were to just take it from like, like it's enough for me to just take it from a perspective of the context of the question of, um, how have you seen each other grow? Even if I take myself out of the equation as, as being, you know, as being helpful in that, that's how I've, that's how I've seen her grow as I've seen her live into, you know, if going from a stay at home parent, like I was that I could connect with to a couple of jobs that were jobs or whatever to then this, you know, like, and then, and building this home that, uh, that you guys get a a larger glimpse into, you know, in the, in the, in the, you know, in the podcast with Kieran Drew and the episode with Kieran Drew, um, you know, like all in, and the parenting and just all of this, like that, it's like, it's, it's all been like really amazing. So, and it, and it's all been, it's all, it's all had that spirit to it of no, I, I, you know, I, it, it's, uh, it's, it's much more pushing past, uh, um, the insecurities that she just listed off that I'm not even going to give voice to because <laughs> <F> that noise. <laughs> well, but I think that it went both ways, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, that time when you said I'm exceptional was like one of the first times I heard you say that with like that level of confidence and like, I like, that's how I feel about you, (laughs) but it's so cool that you feel that about you now. And, you know, I think the, the thing that he's downplaying, but that's really true is not just that he has a vision and he knows what he's looking for, but he knows who he is and values it. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not trying to fit in and figure out how to fit in anymore. You're looking for who fits in with you. Yeah. And, um, I'm really lucky that it gets to be, that I get to be part of that. (sighs) I'm lucky that I still fit in with you. (laughs) Um, I love it. I'm just going to sit and watch you two. I don't know what to say. (laughs) No, you don't need, you don't need to say anything else. No, I think that was perfect. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think we all got silent because we were watching you two and just like enthralled and like, and it was, I was feeling all, as you were talking, all of the emotions coming up for me around everything that you were sharing. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I think that level of being able to sit and say, I'm me 
if you want to be awesome enough to be around me, then come be around me. Otherwise, you might not be my people. And that's that's okay. Yeah. You're your own awesome. That doesn't mean you're less awesome. But you need to be an, an you need to be a, a a type of awesome that meshes with my awesome. Well, and the thing I want to say is I don't and it's this thing about like, you know, you can't love yourself until or sorry, you can't receive love from other people until you like love yourself. And I want to just name that like for me and I think for Tom, and I think like this is a thing about our relationship that I actually think what we experienced was a greater amount of self-love through receiving love from the other one Mm -hmm. and being loved Mm -hmm. in a way that we were not actually loving ourselves. And like I said this to a friend of mine recently who has like been struggling to find their person. And, uh, one of the things that I like, I thought, I don't think that they don't love themselves and they don't value themselves, but I think sometimes they have a hard time, like saying no to things or setting healthy boundaries for themselves. And, and I said to this person who I really care about deeply, I said, you know, I get it. I get it. It can be really, really hard to believe that you can say no to something or not hold out for something like that's just good enough. Because like, I only really believed that I was good enough when I experienced it you know? And so it was like, I had this disconfirming experience. Like I had this real self-concept of myself as like too much, all these other things, you know, so many things I believed about myself and I had the experience of it not being true in a relationship and Mm -hmm. it was transformative. And, um, and it, it feels tremendously lucky that that happened. And, um, I, want to be clear, even though we don't live near each other, even though, you know, I, I, I know, and I support Tom in, you know, finding other, you know, people to be in his relational ecosystem to support him, helping him navigate, raising four children, (laughs) all of those things, whatever that might look like for him, whether it's friends, whether it's lovers, whether it's something in between uh, or all of the above, I want to grow old with this person (laughs) and sit in a rocking chair next Mm -hmm. to him when we're in our eighties. And, um, and I anticipate everybody else in my life being there too, (laughs) you know, and to be clear, you know, Drew and Tom have said, I love you to each other. Mm -hmm. You know, he's part of, he's part of my family. Mm -hmm. It's just tricky right now because of the distance, but we're still home to each other. Yeah. So I think, you know, I don't know. I just guess I want to like say that love is trans love is transformative. And I think it has transformed us as individual humans. And there's nothing that can take that away. Even if we like somehow, if something happens such that we could never see each other again, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I, I can't come to, I, I can't. Well, I mean, the, 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 one of the taglines on your podcast is that love is love is how we heal. And, you know, that, I, that, I, that, that, you know, uh, at a lot of transition points throughout this whole thing, I really felt the need to sort of cocoon up and like, uh, sometimes I've received the advice that, well, you got to work on yourself and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the whole fake it till you make it kind of a thing. And yeah, I did some of that, you know, um, but um, but, but, but hearing, hear, hearing that the real healing happens in relationship strikes me as true also. So, um, 
Yeah. Probably need a bit of both of yeah. them, right? Right. Because right. to be able to see yourself through somebody else's mm-hmm. eyes, that's the. Yeah. When you can't see it yourself and somebody else can can see it and somehow through time, through love, you can start to see it for yourself mm-hmm. the, the way they do. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I still think we need to do 10. We can spread We can spread them in, out. Call us in another five years. <laughs> That's right. We, you we've, got only, we've only really discussed uh, the first year or so, haven't we? Uh, the first year and then in now detail. and then, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, there's... We can always do a part two to... <laughs> <laughs> we, don't have, we, don't, we don't have to commit to all yeah, 10. No, no. But the, well, we're going to write a book, the, actually, no. <laughs> There it is. As I say, the series finale is all of us sitting on rocking chairs, like, er, 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 like in, in like 60 years, like all on the same yeah. porch. Well, rock, rocking, cha- rocking chair AC, ASMR will definitely be a thing. But well, actually, then, yeah. well, wait, here's, here's actually a thing where I want to leave it actually in, in that vein, because I know we want to wrap it, wrap it up, but here's where I'd want to leave it actually is that I feel like, you know, to go back to, there's so many ways you could tell this story. Hmm. And there's so many parts of the story. And, you know, one thing I used to say to Tom, I think, especially in the moments when, when we were, we were still maybe in the real rush of NRE with each other, which, I mean, it's not like because we built a structure, we stopped being in NRE. It was still nuts. Um, I remember saying to him over and over again, I remember saying, if we were characters on a TV show, would people be rooting for us? would they be rooting for our love or would they be really pissed off at us? (laughs) You know, I kept asking myself that over and over again. And I guess where I'd want to leave it is like, I'm hopeful that the way we told the story today, that anybody listening is, I hope they're rooting for us. Like I'm rooting for us. I'm rooting for you. Mm -hmm. I'm rooting for me Mm -hmm. and I'm rooting for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I have no doubt. <laughs> yeah. 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 Unless then, they're just extremely jealous. <laughs> and then it, but that's a different that's a different beast altogether. Uh, yeah. I think that's a beautiful place to end for now. Okay. Although we That's to be continued, uh, is to, what you mean. Yeah, right. To be continued. Unless I just wanna like Tom, is there anything else you wanna share before? No. I I, I think I'm good. <laughs> Okay. I was like, no pressure. I just wanted to make sure you didn't feel cut off either. <laughs> I'm going to go have a breakdown. <laughs> well, thank you both. And Tom, I know this was a bit of a stretch for you to do. And we're just, we are, we are truly honored and touched that you are sitting here with us well past midnight your time. <laughs> And just thank, thank you both for, for doing this. Thank yeah. you for having thank us. Thank you. Yeah. And we're back. Thank you, Libby and Tom, for the wonderful conversation, for sharing everything, and just for being awesome humans. A quick reminder that you can find links to Libby's work on our on the podcast show notes uh, to her podcast, Making Polyamory Work. And to her coaching and all of the amazing work she does. Exactly. Exactly. I love it when you tell me the things that I say are exactly <laughs> correct. One of my favorite feelings in the world. And vice versa. It's pretty good, too. It is. I'll do it more often. Uh, 
a few quick reminders. Uh, you can find information about our upcoming virtual meet and greet and sign up. That's going to be on May 24th on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And you can find out more information about the community there as well. And next week, we have an amazing interview with Mariko. Mariko. Yeah, this is super incredible and powerful conversation. Yes. Like, the word that comes to mind, transition or metamorphosis or just coming into, like... All of those? Finding yourself yeah. is powerful. Yeah. So we will see you then. And until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend and... And thank you again for celebrating five podcast years with us. And when we hit 300 episodes in just a few weeks, uh, we'll do this whole thing again. <laughs> Copy, paste, repeat. You get to look forward to that. Anyway. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we end up doing for the 300th. Episode. I have a, I have a plan. Yeah. I got to send a text message after we get off here. Always. <laughs> All right. With that, have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.